Welcome to the family with Alex Brandt-Bernard Rasmussen, co-host Catherine Brandt, Andy Brandt-Bernard, and Cassie Schrader. And we'll be right back, kick things off with the family. Kick. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? At, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. It's time for Team KQ Walzer's third annual Tour to Cure ride. Join me. Doug Sprinthal, Michael Bryant, and a ragtag group of riders as we raise money to fight diabetes. This year, the ride is Saturday, June 1st, and starts at Boom Island. We take the 26-mile route. It's a ride, not a race, so people of all abilities are welcome. It's a worthy cause that raises millions to support research for a cure for this terrible disease. Go to diabetes.org slash kqwalzer or email doug at walzer.com for more information. To go to a funeral? Oh, this is a cure. Love song. Yeah, the cure for what? I don't know. You make me feel like I am free again. Triple A batteries because these ones are dead. You need triple A's? I got them. What are you running over there? The clock. The clock. Ooh, bad times. Very important clock. Well, it's working. It'll work for today, I think. But we actually, for one of the rare times that I've actually used batteries until they expired, so. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Yep. I don't. I don't often do that. I don't wait till they die. Well, they, off. they last forever, but yeah, well, we. They do. We saw Aladdin last night. Oh yeah, I want to hear about oh, that. Alex like and myself. We did, and I... we went for a five dollar Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Which, Which of course it. we didn't remember it was Tuesday, so we had to sit in like the third row, way over on the side. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if where we were sitting. It, did you see like it looked kind of glitchy? Like, mm-hmm. or did it look glitchy? I, when, did you have regular seats? <laughs> well, no, I had regular seats. It did. I did notice that. I don't know if it's in the movie, and especially with the genie, like his face looked kind of. Well, glitchy. and lots of dance. And some of the dance stuff, seemed, it was like sped up a little bit, and then yeah, normal. Like, yeah, I think, yeah, I think they kind of sped the dance sequences yeah. up in some spots. But yeah. yeah, I know what you're mm-hmm. talking about. Yeah, I, I think which I thought was odd for a Disney movie to be able to see something. Usually their mm-hmm. stuff is seamless, you know, and they work so hard at everything yeah. looking perfect. I just, yeah. I was like, am I seeing things, or is this actually happening? Overall, though, how did you like it? I really liked it. I thought it was really fun. I absolutely yeah. loved it. 
Yeah, it was cute. It had a lot of funny parts. <laughs> Wait, I, oh my god, <laughs> my stomach hurt. I was laughing so we hard. We had a black woman in the very front row who had the greatest laugh, and she was she like was laying just, back and like clapping <laughs> randomly. She was hilarious. She was really enjoying the movie, and she'd laugh at times where no one else was laughing too. Like they'd say like a kind of funny line where most people would be like, "Huh," and she'd be like, "Huh." <laughs> wow. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. She kind of livened up the crowd. Having, she's I having a great time. Yeah, when we it's done, she a, was clapping and yeah. Yeah, because we went at eight twenty. Yeah. On a Tuesday, school isn't out, thinking that nobody's going to be here. It was it was packed. Oh, and there was a guy at the entryway who's probably like oh. six foot five. He was very tall. Yeah. Maybe and he was 30? like Aladdin. Aladdin, Aladdin, like asking everybody if they were going to see Aladdin. He's like, I'm asking everybody. I'm so excited. I know. I'm what? like, yeah, he's probably I like 35 he was, I years he was, old. I thought he was going to scalp tickets or something. I was like, what's no. the deal? And he's he was, like, I just want to see what everybody's going to see. It's just really interesting to me to ask everybody what they're going to see. Lots of people are going to Aladdin. Yeah. What? <laughs> Did he work there? No, no. It was just a guy. Just a guy. He had like a soda what? and he was just standing there. Hit the road, pal. And the Did old... he have like some sort of mental no, challenge? No, just like... He seemed just whipped up about yeah. the movies. I see. Loves movies. <laughs> Yeah, we walked in. He's like Aladdin. And I was like, yes. I, at first, I thought that he was like a um, scalper. No, like a support a person for yeah. somebody. Oh. oh, yeah. I didn't notice that he said Aladdin at first. I thought he said somebody's name, oh. and I was like, no. Oh, I'm not I thought, Aladdin. Yeah, I'm not. No, Alex. <laughs> anyway, yeah, the, um, the Willow Creek Theater out on 55. Well, actually, it's off of 55. It's more yeah. like Betty Crocker Parkway or yeah, whatever. Yeah, right off of 69. Crocker. It is, But yeah. you, can, you can sneak in the back going 55, yes. uh, yep. and I don't remember the road. But anyway. That's that, uh, Revere Lane. It's now called an E-Imagine. E-Imagine. Oh, just, E-Imagine? No, it's just Imagine, spelled with an E, not oh, an I. That's what it so is. Imagine. imagine. Yeah. So everything, everybody's got a lounger, power lounger. Yeah, it was really nice. Oh. Really nice. Yeah, and they have a, a bar. Yeah, now. there's a bar and... All there, you can get like pizzas and stuff. Nice. And, and they have, have the Soda Stream machines, or what? not Soda Stream. What are they called? The Coca-Cola oh, ones. Oh, the Coca-Cola. Yeah, you can get all your thousand. Whatever. Yeah. For breakfast, you can have your breakfast Coca-Cola. Oh God, there was breakfast. a there was a commercial before. Breakfast Coca-Cola. No, there was a commercial before for the movie, and it was this gal and. <laughs> they was talking about this meeting that was supposed to be a 3 p.m. meeting, and now it's been moved up to an 8 a.m. meeting, and her biggest critic is going to be at the meeting and then it's like but with her strawberry guava diet coke breakfast she's prepared mm. i'm like Ew. disgusting well that's what you have for breakfast it has, i'm sure because it has fruit essence it's healthy it's <laughs> you know what like that was having, weird what? Yeah. 1990 i think it was I think it was 1990 <laughs> coca-cola tried that on the kq morning show 30 years ago. Breakfast Coke? Breakfast Coke, yep. Gross. Well, when I went to college at St. Kate's, I saw, I guess they were women, young women, pouring Coca-Cola on top of their frosted flakes and tricks and anything sweet. I mean, yeah. It's a little sweet. So I guess people do drink Coke for breakfast. I would be so ill. If I yeah. drank a soda I would have, for I would breakfast. have a nervous breakdown if yeah. I drank, ate that much sugar first yep. thing in the morning. I would definitely not be able to handle it. Yeah, no. I can't. Well, <laughs> I, I saw Godzilla last night. Oh, how was that? Oh, Gojira. my gosh. It was fantastic. And it was Gojira. so fun because my seven-year-old son is a huge 
Godzilla fan. And he's like dancing in his seat every time Godzilla would come on. He's like, ooh, ooh, and he starts rocking back and forth. Yeah, it was great. I thought it was a really good movie, and it kept a seven-year-old's attention most of the movie. So, um, Well, that's really good. That's yeah, something, yeah. And there's, they set it up for Godzilla versus Kong. Of so course I'm they did. Stoked. Dave and I have our outfits for that screener. <laughs> Your outfits? We yeah, he's got a like a, a dragon onesie, and I have a uh, ape okay. onesie. You guys are the biggest nerds. I'm sorry, <laughs> love you to death, but really nerd are. alert! I am such a Kong fan, and he's a Godzilla fan, so we're gonna go head to head with this one. Are you gonna go to the movie theater like? That? Yes, we are. Don't tell anyone you well, know. Well, at least go to one with the with the power loungers because yeah. people carry blankets in and pillows yeah. and everything yeah. else. So you'll yeah, look like you know. you've got your jammies hmm. on, maybe a little bit. <laughs> So I know we saw people last night with blankets and stuff. I'm like, oh, I can't do that. I'm so terrified of bed bugs and. But it's your own blanket. I know, but when you go to other theaters and you bring it home, bring it home, toss it in the wash. Yeah. Well, but you're sitting on the The seat anyway. I know. Strip when you come in. Throw it all in the wash. Like (laughs) I do my theater phone coffee. Well, you could get you can get bed bugs from like the subway or the bus. I know. Sitting there. Yeah. Oh, God, it just creeps me it out. It doesn't I don't matter like... if you have a blanket. Well, some movie theaters are so freaking freezing. Oh, I know. That's true. Oh, my gosh, they're so cold. I bring a sweatshirt with me even in the yeah. summer. Yeah, I always bring a sweater. And I always wear closed-toed shoes generally. Cause yeah. It's like your feet can get just get so freezing. Cold. I know. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah, the, I thought the movie was really fun. I thought yeah. Will Smith was amazing. The genie was amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the fact he that did. he could just sit there like his little tornado yeah. lower body floating around. I thought that was Will Smith. It is. It is. But yeah. I know, oh, it she is. said okay. she worded that. I, I I'm, did. Well, he's yeah. the when he's the genie, he doesn't. He looks like Will Smith, sort of. Yeah. He's like this giant, muscular genie Yeah, guy. they kind of, yeah, they CGI'd him to look yeah. bigger. And than, his face yeah. looked kind of oddly yes. distorted because he was yeah, so, so big. Yeah. yeah, yeah. he wasn't actually like Will Smith that much in the right. movie. No? Yeah. No. Good. And he, did, he did a really, really good job. Yeah, mm. he was great. At, you know, uh, all the singing was great. The dance numbers were fun. I can understand what you were saying about Jafar. Yes. His voice was a little high, I think, was the problem. He looked okay as far as the yeah. character, but his voice was kind of feminine. Just, I just wanted yeah. to be like, dude, like you would just wanted to shove him out of the way and be like, get out of my way. You're not scary yeah, at all. Yeah, he didn't look menacing <laughs> enough or sound menacing That's why enough. I said Sasha Baron Cohen, I think, would have been perfect yeah. for that role. Yeah, it's, yeah. Somebody homelier, maybe. Too. <laughs> you know? Mm. Ugly. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. The, no pretty Ugly, mean like, guy. kind of like Jafar in the cartoon <clears throat> aladdin was not bad to look at Mm-mm. no he's cute i've much. seen him in other things he's really i don't you know can tell what. he's very short yes <laughs> he's a tiny man yeah. itty yeah. bitty yes mm. itty bitty very but, yeah. tiny everybody did a really good job and the jasmine was a really good singer they had the two original song things uh, yeah prince and ali she, fabulous no, mom an original song in this movie is one that's brand new oh i meant original to the cartoon <laughs> It yeah. is kind of original. Yeah. Can I know mean, it is confusing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, she had a really good voice. I was. Everybody did a great job. I yeah. think you should see. I really, really, really liked it. I don't a lot. think you would like it. What? How could you not he like that? You probably wouldn't. It's not really his thing. Did you did you look around in the audience? The audience was mostly women. Well, so he likes. Women. He likes. Things no. that women like. He doesn't like musicals, really. You He's not a musical see. lover. I do not like no, musicals. No, but it's musical. not a musical. You per should go se. see Ma. 
Oh, I definitely want to go see Ma. That What's would be that? your movie, Ma. What is it? It's a scary movie. Don't go without me. Man. With Octavia Spencer. You've seen it, haven't you? No. Well, I, saw, I mean the trailer. No. Seen it. It's, it's a good trailer for it. Mm-hmm. So I do want to see it. It opens uh, thir- Fr- uh, Friday. Friday. Right? Yes, yes. this weekend. Let's go see it. When do you want to go see it? I'll go know. see it next week because this weekend's packed. Not Friday. Friday. It's packed for me. Because, <laughs> oh God, here we go. <laughs> Saturday we have the tour to cure. I know that. Yes. And then I've, Sunday yeah, we have morning, that, that uh, Saturday, barbecue yeah. at our house for the. Boulder Options? For Boulder Options, yeah, exactly. Yes. So that'll be good. We had Scott Olmstead on the show again this morning. He called oh, in. Oh, did you? And I made him choke up again. You uh, made him? Ha! Yeah, Turn about his hair play. Exactly. He made me choke up many times. <laughs> it was great because we were talking about this, and I, I talked about when his dad called into the show after he was on this show. His father called into the morning show to say thanks for having him on, all the rest of it. And I was talking to Scott about that on the air, and I said, you know, you have to understand something, Scott. To your father, you're always going to be his baby boy. And he went, (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) it was really cool. Greatest, great guy. What a great works works like a madman. So sweet. It's just ridiculous how life deals you bad cards once in a while. Well, good in his case, but But because he got around it, which is, I mean that that is really terrific that that he beat. That was stage four too. There's three. He said it was four on the show today. He said it was stage four. Uh, he had it twice. It yeah, he had cancer back. twice. Yeah. That's oh. right. Yeah, he did have cancer twice. but. Uh, well, the second time was just a bump on his leg that they cut out. It wasn't like but it was a spread. Well, yeah. yeah. Nicest guy in the world, though. Just a great guy. Yes. Loved having nice him on. Nice family. Just, really nice family. He's got the little kids and, yeah, the whole shoot match. Just really, really good. Yeah, everybody at our table, we were, what was it, team hustler, hustlers or something, something like that? Something hustlers. Hope hustlers. Hope hustlers. Yeah. Hustlers. Hope, hope hustlers, yeah. yeah, and everybody just can't say enough nice words about those guys. Yep, so. that's true. It was really, really nice having him on. And he just... Uh, a really good guest. He's so enthusiastic about doing the work, too. That's the other thing. It's not like, oh, I'm just doing this because it's, you know, well, I'm supposed to do it. Yeah, That's he not raised, how he is at he all. He raised enough money to start three different studies. Yeah. Indeed. So that's a big deal. Guys, I'm getting a cancer check after this. I have to leave early. Oh, there you go. I, oh, your skin? Yep. What's wrong with your skin? I'm just doing a yearly skin cancer Oh, you do the, the, the yearly deal? Because I have mom as... In my jeans. Mom's a disaster. And she's nothing but skin cancer, it seems. I don't have any regular skin She's anymore. like, I had 17 things biopsied, and they're all cancer. It's like, oh, my God. Well, this is good yeah. news. Alex Trebek has kind of mind-boggling news. Doctors say he is near remission. What? Really? I guess so. Uh, the Jeopardy host shares with the people, uh, even though stage 4 pancreatic cancer, which is, with which uh, he was diagnosed, has just a 9% five-year survival rate per ABC News. Trebek has been responding extremely well to chemotherapy. The doctors say they hadn't seen this kind of positive result in their memory, the 78-year-old says. Some of the tumors have already shrunk by more than 50%. That's awesome. He still has more, several more rounds, actually, of chemotherapy to get to full remission. But Trebek says he cried tears of joy upon hearing about his progress. He credits the good wishes from, wouldn't it be sad, if he beats pan- stage four pancreatic cancer and then just dies of old age. <laughs> well, I mean, you got well, 
Yeah, exactly. Way to poop all over his No, I think it story. is great, though. He, he seems like such a... I've never spoken to him. You know... But he seems like a very nice guy. It's interesting, after talking to Scott and other people at um, the Leukemia Lymphoma Society, this the fact that they can customize uh, chemotherapy for people is huge. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is, absolutely. Because yeah, what, what, if I take something, it, it might help me, and if you took the exact same thing, it might kill you. So yep. it's just amazing yeah. that they can do that, and well, I'm so happy that they're my, making advances. Yeah, because when my mom was diagnosed with lymphoma, um, they customized her chemo. Mm-hmm. Obviously, she had a fight with the insurance companies, but they eventually That's got so it sad. to where it needed to be, and it was actually working for her. It was shrinking her lymph nodes. Um, just unfortunately, she caught... A, a cold and it immediately turned to pneumonia because it wiped out her immune system yeah, the chemo right so that's basically what got her but um yeah she was and it was within probably three months of starting treatment that that the the lymph nodes started shrinking with the chemo so it was working and they, they're pretty good about and they have They've made so many advances. She said that um, they're really optimistic with the type of treatments they have with lymphoma. So yes. they are making advancements. And, you know, when people donate money to these causes and stuff, that's where it goes. Well, and it's not just for blood cancers, too. Mm-hmm. So people know that this research helps every kind of cancer. We will be right back in a couple of minutes with the family. It's Tom Bernard with CEO Michael Bilski from North American Banking Company. Michael, we spent some time talking about your free app and money transfer service, XCheck, which is just great, by the way. You can transfer money to your kid to travel home from college and lots of other uses. I got wind of another service you provide at North American Banking Company. What's this Super ID I've been hearing about? Great question, Tommy. Super ID uses your face proof and your finger proof to keep your identity and your money secure. It's really a foolproof way to protect your family and your business from identity fraud. It's simple, fast, and oh, the best part is that it's free to our customers. Super ID, super easy, and super secure. Visit nabanco.com or see my personal banker to get the scoop on XCheck and Super ID. North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC and an equal housing lender. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. There's no better time than now to ditch your contacts and pitch your glasses. Whiting Clinic is the place I trusted to do this for me, and it's not just me. There's a reason Whiting Clinic is the number one LASIK practice in the United States. Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, the most advanced Contura laser technology, and lifetime coverage are all backed by Whiting Clinic's best price guarantee. Being the experts they are, they wanted to make sure you have the very best for your eyes, just like I did. Call now for Whiting Clinic's $500 off LASIK savings. If you're like me, not a big fan of glasses and contact lenses, then it's time you found out if you're a candidate for LASIK. And Whiting Clinic is definitely the place to go. Call 855-554-2020 today or visit whitingclinic.com to set up your free LASIK consultation. Remember to tell them that I sent you and save $500 on your LASIK. Offer good for a limited time. Call Whiting Clinic for details. Good for both eyes only. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Robert Palmer died very young. I know. Unbelievable. He was a handsome young man, great singer, cat. Yeah. But he was bigger than the Yale, wasn't he? Then the a what? big 
big coke guy. Was he? Well, I'm sure it's the 80s. <laughs> yeah, well, that's <laughs> Who true. wasn't? That's very, very true. After final Jeopardy on Tuesday night, the three contestants had totals of $59,381, $16,801, $10. Yes, I said $10. Uh, no prizes for guessing which one was James Holzhauer. The Jeopardy phenomenon scored a 29th win and now has a grand total of $2.254938 million. Two and a quarter, a little over two and a quarter million dollars. The New York Post reports, who needs Powerball? All you need is 28 days on Jeopardy, quipped Alex Trebek at the start of the show. Holzhauer, who passed the $2 million mark on Friday, could now be just days away from passing Ken Jennings' all-time record of... Two point five two zero seven hundred, two and a half million, little over, twenty grand over two and a half million dollars. Uh, so yeah, he's he's only maybe two days away from it, because one time he won what one thirty one, and another time I think he won one thirty four. So he could do it in the next two days. Would be Wednesday. Be interesting if he did it on Friday, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Today, tomorrow, and then Friday. That'd be very very interesting. For 15 years, I have thought uh, somebody was going to make a run at this record because I always knew it could be done. I was there. Jennings won 74 straight games in 2004. That's amazing. I know. Told Good Morning America on Tuesday, he said he found it unexpected and really astounding, however, that somebody had gotten there in a third of the time. Oh, in a third of the time. Oh, yes. He, wow. he, he had to go 70. I mean, uh, Holzhauer might do it. He might do it within 31 or probably 32. It's either going to be tomorrow or Friday, I would guess, that he passes. If he wins, of course. If he pa- that he'll, he'll pass Ken Jennings probably Friday on Friday. Show. I was wondering if the producers of the show are scrambling around to get like completely different categories to try to find something that he's not <laughs> that good he at. doesn't know. Or if well, they're screening you. the other contestants to try to find somebody that's... Yeah, you know, on par with him because that one guy came really close. Yeah, he did. The yeah, one guy on like, Wednesday last it, week, I think. Yeah, it was. he came really Something close. Like I was like, uh oh. Yeah, it did. It did. It seemed like he was going to take the pipe on that one, but you know, um, pretty interesting. Here, I we'll, we'll make a contest out of this. Uh, you know, the the abortion issues going before the Supreme Court in the United States, right? God. Well, it doesn't really, that, that's not even the reason I brought it up. It's the fact that um, they've ruled, basically, that they're not going to decide it uh, anytime soon. Uh, but there are two judges, What's well, here's the way they put it. Uh, Supreme Court of the United States of America defers on abortion. They've deferred it, but two justices are at war. Who would the two war. justices at war be on the Supreme Court? Very easy to guess. Well, yeah. If I knew any of the Supreme Court justices, I could probably guess. Oh, that. <laughs> RBG. Really I can't name a single one. Who would you say? RBG. That's one of them. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Because that's what she does is argue with everybody well, about but, everything. Yeah, but she's the only female. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she does a hell of a job. But she, yeah. That, so, that RBG movie was a, a damn good movie. It was a really good movie. I haven't seen it yet, and I want to see it so bad. Okay, so who's arguing with uh, Ruth Bader Oh, and Ginsburg? then the new one. No, not Kavanaugh. Not the new That's one? That's a good guess, though. <laughs> but if you think about it, these two have been at each other's throats the whole... They've been on the Supreme Court for years, and they've been at each other the whole time they've both been on the Supreme Court. I don't know. 
It's Ruth Bader Ginsburg and Clarence Thomas. Oh, oh that's oh, right. I was gonna, Those two I, never I get along. Didn't think that anything. would be the one, huh? What's interesting to me is that as soon as these other states started pushing for third-term abortions, you mm. knew that something yeah. was going to happen and that there was going to be backlash. Yeah. Well, again, and I'm not judging anybody, and it's none of my business. I understand that, but I don't. Why would you want to carry a baby to full term and then kill it? I, I don't get that. I don't either. Well, like I said, the only reason I can understand that would be is that the baby was going to suffer and yeah, die yeah, anyway. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Well, that's the thing that. So I think that the big um, argument on the side of that is like. Sometimes you find out late in pregnancy that your kid has... Yeah, no, I understand that. You know, yeah, I understand whatever. That. Like, oh, like I know somebody who has a friend that they found out at, I think, 30 weeks that their daughter, she'd stopped moving much and she was still alive, but they were like, her brain is basically scrambled eggs like mm. there's no Aww. way like they're like if she That's makes terrible. it if she makes it through delivery she's not going to make it long and she's going to be just mm -hmm. kind of a vegetable you know on life support right away and all this right. stuff and she actually um had a really hard time finding a doctor to terminate the pregnancy because she was like i'm not gonna mm -hmm. carry like i'm not gonna do this to myself and her and all this stuff like so she decided that she was going to terminate the pregnancy and she had a really hard time in the state of minnesota finding a doctor to do it mm -hmm. why because they said it was um unethical unethical yeah. how is it unethical if the child is not going to be able to function well, she had not, a really really difficult time finding a doctor normally do what what they do especially if it's that late term they will induce labor yeah that's what and i thought and then you go through the process of labor and more and they do this with stillborns if the baby has passed yeah. in the womb they induce labor you go through the whole process mm -hmm. of giving birth mm -hmm. and then you know so they they try and treat those cases as if it were a stillborn yeah so yeah. it was like there's still a heartbeat and you're so far along and blah 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 but they were mm -hmm. like she might not even make it through the rest of the pregnancy she might not make it through delivery and if she does make it through all that which isn't even likely then she's going to be on life support and we don't know it's, it was just like right a whole thing but yeah she had a really really difficult time finding mm -hmm. the doctor to perform it i made a prediction i'll i'll make it again for you because I think this is true. See, like I said, I don't really have a position on abortion. I never was involved in one. Uh, I don't know anything about that and all the rest of it. And it's not my place to be judging what you do. Until it gets to the point where you actually deliver a baby and then kill it, I do have a problem with that. Because now that being is separate from you, and therefore I don't really understand. I, I will say this, that if that really does become an item in the United States of America, someday... Uh, and the not too distant future, if your four-year-old might not transition well from home life to school life, you can kill them. No. I'm telling you that nah, nah. If, if they, you start being able to kill live children. Well, yeah, if you deliver a baby and they, that's murder. Not anymore in some states. I mean, that's what the, see that's what in they're pushing. That's what they're fact. pushing for, yeah. and that's what just is like. So what is the? I don't know. Like, what why is, would you want to do? What that? is the reasoning behind that? Like what? 
I don't what know. What purpose it's does just, that serve? I don't have any idea. You have to be able to kill it. I don't. They want there to be no point at which you can't undo your mistake, basically. Well, see, so there you go. So four years old, you're not well, going to be good in school. Like said, kill the kid. It might not just be a mistake. It might just be, like I said, it's a right. horrible health issue where well, the kid's okay, going to suffer and die. Well, okay, 98% of the time. That's totally different. Yeah. They're totally different. We're talking about a tiny fraction of all cases, though. Yeah. I mean, no one's pushing for abortion in the case of if the baby's going to die, but not for everyone else. It's all or nothing, which is yeah. It that makes me think that they're using stillbirths as a uh, whatever you call it, not a loophole, but like basically they're saying that because stillbirths exist, I should be able to get an abortion whenever I want because they're dishonest. How is that dishonest? Well, and you should have to go... I don't understand any of this stuff. You should have to go through, past a certain point, a, like, psychological evaluation. Yes. To see if you can have... Psych evals are a joke, though. Because it's like if you have a... If you're 30 weeks pregnant and then find this out about your baby, that's like, there's, you know... This is an educated, emotional thing that this couple actually had a really Mm -hmm. difficult time figuring out. Not just like, I don't want this baby anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, like, it's so different. I don't know. The whole thing is just crazy to me because it, it, you take things too far, then you're going to have backlash, and then you're going to, and mm-hmm. then everybody's mad at each other. It's like, I think, you know, I don't, I don't like abortion as birth control, but if women are going to go to, a, you know, somebody in, you know, some backyard butcher and end up with, a horrible infection and or mm-hmm. dead or something that doesn't make any sense either. I just if they really want to take that it, risk, then who's going to stop them? Well, it's like in cer- it's like in certain no. uh, in certain states, it's you know abort everything, who cares, whatever. And then no, the others, York, it's like if you yeah. get yeah. an abortion, you're going to be in prison for the rest of your life. Yeah. It's like can't there be a middle ground? In New York, I think it's been legal or at least condoned for a very long time. Well, here's what I understand. It's a situation where, on the other side of it, where they don't want abortions, you can't have an abortion if you were raped or know, it was yeah. a result of yeah, incest. That, that is, crazy. is crazy. That is crazy. So you're supposed to you're gonna so saddle crazy. this young girl, I know. in it's... most cases, with this, even though she was raped yeah. or forced upon by a relative yeah yeah and if you're a doctor that performs an abortion you can get 99 years in 99 prison. years in prison yeah. i think that's... why does it always have to be so extreme exactly on that's like, why the problem can't just be like you know it's you see i've seen all these things since all these abortion things are coming up it's like abortion is health care yeah yeah i did see that yeah. a lot of people are posting this and it's like mm-hmm. yeah so treat it as health care not like i just willy-nilly don't care about human life right. or you need to have this baby no matter what. You know, it's like there's a line. Exactly. It's always it's always too extreme. Yeah. No, it, kinda, is. I it guess, always is. Yeah, I think our society just has gotten that way about everything. That's because oh, yeah. morons oh, have absolutely. a voice. Twitter has made it so stupid people have a voice. That's and exactly that's a right. It's massive a huge, mistake. Huge mistake. Really, Twitter and Facebook are going to have to go away somehow, or they are be much better regulated. You can't allow morons to run their mouth like it's the truth, no. or news agencies for that matter. They never tell the truth anymore. I try Very to read rarely. the news every morning. I, I try to go stories every morning. 
You go, that's a lie. That's yeah, a lie. It's all that's a lie. It's all propaganda. Well, that's there's the a whole reason thing. the American public trusts, trusts the news less than they ever have in history. Oh, so. yeah. It's down to like 8% or yeah. something like that. There was, and how do they yeah, not realize uh, people that, that trust any news source? No, no mm-hmm. one trusts the news anymore. <laughs> 8%. There's... A- <laughs> Michelle Tafoya told a story today, you know, talking about this whole situation with people. Here's what I understand, then I'll tell you what happened. Uh, And Michelle saw it. But I don't really understand. Explain to me how it is that if someone is is sporting a piece of uh, political gear, whether it's a MAGA hat or it's a, you know, Buddha gig, whatever the hell it is, right? Right. Buddha judge. Buddha judge, that's right. In any case, or uh, what does he call him, Alfred E. Newman? <laughs> That's what Trump calls him, Alfred E. Newman. Good God, they're such children, all of them. Yes. But in any case, um, God, I was just going to make my point. Oh, yeah, so, okay, they're wearing a MAGA hat or they're wearing something, you know, uh, feel the burn T-shirt. That's okay. Bernie Sanders, right? Feel, feel the, the burn. burn. I was trying to think of the like Bernie Sanders catchphrase. Yeah. I was like, what is it? What burn. is yeah. it? I was like, something burn. <laughs> something burn. After reading, I don't know what it. Feel the burn. But feel I have a question. Burn. If you're in Minneapolis or St. Paul and you see a kid with a MAGA hat on, why would you be upset? He has no chance of winning St. Paul and Minneapolis. None. There is no way that Donald Trump will carry the vote in Minneapolis and St. Paul. Not a chance. I couldn't care less what so, anybody's political beliefs are. I agree with that, too. But what I'm saying is, why do you get so angry about this when it's not going to affect your life in any way, shape, or form? Well, they've been trained to believe that everyone with that kind of hat is a lynching Nazi who's going to come oh, get him in yeah, the night. Well, okay. Right. That's true. Well, this happened to be an eighth-grade student. And it was witnessed by Michelle, as I said. Doesn't matter. He's wearing a MAGA hat or a T-shirt, a Trump T-shirt or something like that. And this grown man goes up to a, what is he, what are you, 13 when you're in eighth grade, something like that? Yeah, Yeah, 13, Mm -hmm. 14. 13, 14, something like that. This guy walks up to him, points, like, didn't punch him, you know, poke him in the chest, but he pointed at his chest. And he goes, kid, you're an STD. Oh, my God. Said that to a 13-year-old kid. I mean, what the hell is wrong with you people? Well, it's like, a kid. We were talking about that the other night. There was there was a cop over at the nude beach, and he's just standing there. I don't. Maybe it was a female cop. I don't know because I couldn't see that well. Just scoping it out. And um, there was a woman sitting there screaming that she doesn't effing care. I just going crazy on this cop, and I'm thinking, that's one cop amongst. I don't know, 50 people yeah. that could be all psycho like her? I don't know. Right. I was like, God, that's kind of scary. Yeah. Yeah, Why absolutely. aren't there at least two or three of them there? I just well, you'll find like... that that kind of person shuts up real quick when a gun is drawn, though. That's why cops but the cops But the cops can't draw a gun on somebody just because they're screaming and yelling at them. They attack them, them though. No, if they attack them, but yeah. yeah, still, if you have sixty, you have fifty people against one cop. Well, it and a even lot matter of if they have a gun. A lot of people at the beach are, you know, on heroin well, and yeah, stuff. They're all... So it's high as hell so you know. i think yeah. i should get my paint exactly gu- my paintball safe. machine gun back Just and then open fire on the beach down in florida oh. i saw a very young kid we gotta, we gotta take a oh, break oh, oh, sorry. we'll be right back in just a couple of minutes with the family 
What are the things you want to avoid when it comes time to sell your home? Hey, it's Tom with my realtor, Chris Lindahl. If you're like most people, it's things like open houses, staging, decluttering, repairs, maintenance, and all the people coming through your house. Hey, Tom, the Guaranteed Offer Program from Chris Lindahl Real Estate was created for people like you so that you can avoid the things that you don't like doing when it comes time to sell your home. We have been presenting offers for homes in most price ranges. Homeowners are loving our guaranteed offer program, especially how much money they are making on their home sale without the inconveniences. So this program is for all price ranges and conditions, including perfectly maintained homes? Most homes do qualify. To see if your home qualifies, go to chrislindahl.com and click Get Offer right now. Will you be the next homeowner to accept an offer from our guaranteed offer program? Find out now. If you qualify, you will get an offer in 48 hours or less, and the best part is you get to pick a closing date that is convenient for you and close in as little as three weeks. Go to chrislindahl.com right now to see if you qualify or call 763-401-SOLD. That is 763-401-SOLD. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Cam Rogers, our special guest, uh, the PGA Championship last week. Brooks Kepka wins 2019 PGA Championship. Uh, Cam, how are you? Tom, appreciate the time, sir. It is an honor to be a part of the family here today. Well, you got to be a part of the family, Cam. You get it. That's that's terrific. That's how things should go. Uh, Brooks Kepka is kind of a force, ladies and gentlemen. I will tell you that. Uh, pretty amazing. But the one thing I want to open with, Cam, and do you have an opinion or what was the deal with with, with Brooks Kepka's girlfriend leans over to give him a kiss and he turned his head and she didn't look like she was too happy that he did that. Do you know what that was all about? He just doesn't want to be distracted on game day or something? I think it was your classic being in the zone. You're literally not even thinking about anything other than the game of golf and the upcoming round that you have. And I honestly don't even think he thought much about it when it happened. It was just kind of one of those look away things. And Mm -hmm. then he kept on rolling. But obviously... Twitter ran with it, and it went viral, and it's somewhat hilarious, but I'm sure they're all good now. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, she, I'm sure that's true. Uh, uh, it's really interesting these days, Cam. We, I used to belong to a golf course down in Florida, and Brooks Kepka played some golf on that golf course. I never did meet him myself, but it's a 7,000-yard it's a golf course. So it's been around for decades and decades, right? 7,000 foot golf course uh, 7,000 yard golf course good uh, but in any case uh, when I'm when I'm told Brooks Kepka cannot hit more than a five iron on that golf course <laughs> because it takes bends you know how the par the par fives tend to bend to the right or the left or whatever the situation is but right. I'm told he cannot hit more than a five iron on that golf course because he just has too much length 
And so, uh, you know, he loves playing there, I guess, because he, it gives him a lot of work with his irons, which makes total sense, doesn't it? Right. No, absolutely. And it's interesting. If you want to split hairs a little bit with Brooks's game, his weak spot is actually his iron game. So, yeah, Tom, yeah. I think we're on to something here. No, I think you're absolutely right, Cam. I think that's why he likes playing there so much is because he can work with his irons a lot on that golf right. course. Just, you know, forget about the driver, forget about the woods, any of that stuff. Just uh, stick with the – and I think you're absolutely right. That's why he – you just explained to me why he loves it so much because uh, it gives him a chance to work on irons, the weakest part of his game. But, you know, it's not that weak because he's done semi-well, if you ask me. Man. Um, I gotta tell he you. has been absolutely stellar, just absolutely yep. stellar in major championships. I mean, he is the best major championship competitor on the PGA Tour right now. Better than Rory, better than Spieth, obviously better than Tiger if you look at the results the last few years. Mm-hmm. He's been a monster. He has won a major every year the last three years. So you really got to give it to him. Yeah, oh, there's no question about that. I have a question for you. The, the, the way the season has started, you open up. The Masters with a Tiger Woods win. Then the PGA comes. And by the way, it was a brilliant move taking the PGA out of August and putting it in May because that two-month break right. between uh, between the Masters and the U.S. Open was way too long. No, I think it, it was a really smart move. And the big reason why, Tom, actually, is to really shrink the schedule a little bit so it yep. doesn't dip into the NFL season. And yep. that's when the ratings take a hit. So. No, you're absolutely right, and I think that's exactly why they did do it. Even though it was in August, hey, the NFL teams are playing television televised games in August as well, last couple of weeks of August in any case. Uh, so, yep. yeah, I mean, the, the break between the Masters and the U.S. Open was too long, uh, so there was a nice window for it there. But, I, yeah, they, they would take a huge hit. PGA Championship would lose a lot of viewers because they were too busy uh, getting ready for that all-important NFL season. The NFL has blown every other sport out last I checked. I mean, it's not even close. Oh, it's always hilarious to me when I hear people are like, oh, my gosh, people are totally going to tune out of the NFL because it's getting too political or whatever, whatever. No, the NFL and the Shield is absolutely robust in terms of its viewers, and it will not lose viewership. It blows the MLB, NBA, NHL out of the water, and definitely, unfortunately, the PGA Tour as well. It is king in American sports. There's no doubt about that. So... If we start the season with a Masters win by Tiger Woods, it's followed up by a PGA Championship going to Brooks Kepka. If you had the perfect Grand Slam of people, uh, a good start with Tiger Woods and Brooks Kepka. You, you couldn't start better off as, uh, if you're, you're trying to put a foursome together. You got Tiger wins number one, Brooks wins number two. And as far as the U.S. Open and the British Open, who would you pick? Are there two guys that you'd pick out and go, man, if those four guys each won a major this year, that would be phenomenal. Are there two guys like that for oh, you? My, oh, my gracious. Yeah, there are. I'll give you one that really sticks out to me. Ricky Fowler. I love he's Ricky Fowler. Close. Oh, he's fantastic. Yeah. Everybody loves him. He's got a great following. And he perhaps is the best player on tour right now to not have won a major. And the knock on Ricky sometimes is, well, he can't close the door and this and that. But I think Ricky Fowler has a very real chance, maybe not at the U.S. Open, Tom, better so at the Open Championship if you go out across the pond. Ricky has a pretty solid history playing on Lynx type of golf courses 
So I like his chances a lot at Portrush. So okay. give me Ricky, then obviously, Tom, give me Phil Mickelson at Pebble Beach, the U.S. Open. <laughs> he gets that career grand slam. That How about that for four winners? I tell you, it's, okay, so you start with Tiger Woods. He's already done it. Then you go to Brooks Kepka. Yeah. He, Kepka, he's already done it. Then you got Phil winning at Pebble Beach. He's got the uh, major grand slam uh, going there. Uh, and then you finish it up with Ricky Fowler. You you picked. You know what? I can't argue with any of those. You give me those four guys. I'm I'm good to go. That sounds terrific. Yeah, I mean, I could have picked like obvious names, maybe Dustin Johnson right. or Rory McIlroy or Jordan Spieth. But those guys have won majors already. Give me Phil at the U.S. Open because of that history and that story, and of course Ricky Fowler getting his first one. Yeah, uh, well, Ricky Fowler, I, now, I have not met him personally, um, but everybody I know tells me that Ricky Fowler is one of the nicest guys you'd ever want to know. He's just a ball to be around. He's funny. He's engaging. Everybody loves that guy that's ever met him that I know. He has great style on the golf course as well. You definitely can't knock that orange that he has going every right. Sunday when he plays on tour. So I got to love it. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. You know what? That you you handle that very well, Cam. Somebody just threw something at you, and, and Cam did not know I was going to do that, ask him that question. But to come up with Phil for the Grand Slam, and then Ricky Fowler because it's time he won one, uh, that was a perfect answer. It really was. I feel like I've aced the test already. <laughs> yeah, you've aced the test <laughs> in the whole situation. Um, are there some people bubbling under? Because Brooks Kepka seemed to have come out of nowhere. He didn't, of course, but it seemed like he came out of nowhere. Uh, are there a couple of guys bubbling under right now that is like, man, keep an eye on this guy because he could really be something? Yeah, I'll give you a few names. Number one, Patrick Cantley. He has seven top mm-hmm. tens in 13 events so far this year. Has a very decorated amateur career a guy that is riding some serious form right now, actually, three straight top ten finishes. So, you know, he doesn't have, per se, the personality or anything like that that's going to steal headlines. But in terms of pure play on a golf course, he is as good as they come with his irons, a good driver, and he can score really well. Another name, John Rahm, the Spaniard. He has shown up a few times in leaderboards at major championships. He can tattoo the ball. And as long as, and I think people kind of point this out too much, but as long as he keeps it cool on the golf course, then I think he will be a consistent major championship contender. Uh, You know, he's got the natural talent to do so. So he's another guy I'm looking at. And then Bryson DeChambeau, one of the interesting characters on tour, guys, he only plays with one standard length of iron. Yeah. He's obsessed with physics. He utilizes physics to his advantage on the golf course. And he's such an interesting guy. He's actually paired with Tiger at the Memorial Tournament this week. They'll tee off tomorrow morning around 8.30. So DeChambeau, a winner on tour so far this year. Another guy I'm staring at that perhaps can really steal some headlines. And I'll give you one more, a guy that probably – most casual fans don't know, but have probably seen him on leaderboards at majors. Xander Shoffley, he was up there at the Masters. I think he'll be right there at the U.S. Open this year. He's a guy who may not scream stat wizard or anything like that. He doesn't do anything particularly well, but he just does everything really solidly. So Xander Shoffley, Bryson DeChambeau, John Rahm, Patrick Cantley, some characters right there that everybody should track. 
I love the answer. Cam, do you think one of the reasons, uh, look, unless you do have a very hot Tiger Woods or somebody with that big personality like that, mm. um, do you think one of the problems that golf has, as far as viewership is concerned, you watch your heroes, you know, coming up and, and whatever, and you watch this guy win a tournament, that guy win a tournament, particularly Jack Nicholas. Jack, even though he was in shape, he never looked like he was all that, you know, in shape when, when he played golf, you know? Uh, he looked, right. He looked kind of like your dad. That's what he looked like. And you thought, my God, this guy wins everything. This can't be that difficult. Then you go out and you grab a club, and 99% of us find out that we absolutely suck compared to these guys. And I think a lot of people these days can't face up to that, that they're never going to be any good at the sport, you know? Yeah, I like to joke around that I am most definitely a washed-up varsity golfer from my high school days. I really wish I could get back to those glory days, but boy, do they seem a long time ago, let me tell you. And yeah, look, golf is not an easy game at all. It's funny, I have like the same reasoning with tennis. I'm like, oh my God, I can swing a racket, that's easy. I go play right. tennis and I suck at it. Right. So. It's kind of that sort of logic, but it's interesting what Tiger has done to the game in terms of creating that prototypical athlete golfer. You see it in Brooks, obviously. Look at the guy. You see it in Dustin Johnson and Rory McIlroy and Jordan Spieth as well, that uh, the competition now on the PGA Tour is super deep. It's not like what it was in the early 2000s when it was just Phil, Ernie, Tiger, and DJ. So it's obviously different now, but yeah, I mean – there's just such an interesting mental component to golf too, because think about it guys, you hit a shot and then you have to think about that next shot as you walk to the ball for the next minute and a half or minute or so, unless you're carving, which is different, but still you're kind of pondering that next move as you go along here. In a way it's hard to build a momentum when you play golf because it's so shot individualistic if you will you go shot to shot to shot you can't really perhaps get in a groove like you could in other sports so there's definitely that element as well but uh, i think tigers win at the masters is really going to be a shot in the arm to the game obviously the usga has changed the rules i don't know if you guys have tested out the pin in rules now uh when you're on the green and you're putting you don't have to take the flag stick out which is great speeds up the game so there's yep. definitely not a lack of trying in the golfing world right now. No, I think you're absolutely right. I, I, I like your take on all these things. And it's, you know, because I host the, this show and the morning show, I get invited to play with a lot of really, really good players, a lot of guys, you know, plus threes, plus twos, uh, some better than that, some not quite that good, maybe scratch golfers. But I, I've played a lot of golf with Tim Heron and with Rocco Mediate. And what's so interesting sure. is you look at those guys and, you know, Rocco does well enough on the the uh, Champions Tour. And I think Tim Heron's getting ready to do that. But so, you, but you wouldn't consider these guys anywhere near in the company of, of the Brooks Kepkas and the Tiger Woods. And not, nothing against their anything. It's just those guys are so superior to everyone else. But when you play with Rocco or you play with Tim Heron, and you realize they're about 800 times better at this than I am. <laughs> you look and you go, yeah, I guess yeah, I... Yeah, uh, they have to be 850 times better to win. One of my favorites <laughs> is that the fact that Tiger Woods plays golf with Charles Barkley, who I could kick the hell out of on a golf course. Oh, he cannot so swing bad. a golf oh, course. My God. He's terrible. I'd be like, Tiger, oh, could my... you just go hit that shot for me? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> could you go sink my butt? 
My, fav- <laughs> my favorite, oh God, we only got a, a couple of seconds left, but my favorite thing that Tiger ever did, he's playing golf with Charles Barkley, and they're walking down the fair. They both hit their drives, and Charles, Charles and Tiger walking along, and, and Tiger looks at Charles Barkley and says, hey, Charles, you're where they're building that new Kmart? And he goes, no, where are they building? He goes, between your drive and mine? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love it. It's just great. I tell you, Cam, it's a great sport. I just started playing. I took three years off. I played eight holes in three years, but I just took it up last weekend. And just getting back out there that first time again was amazing. I, I from now on, I think I will play a lot more more golf. It's I just missed it too much. It's a great game, and you're damn smart, man. You're really good at it. So, Cam, please come back. I'd love to talk to you during the U.S. Open and, and the Open. That'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. I am here for you guys, ready to break down those major championships coming down the pipeline and talk some more golf. So really do appreciate the time. Thanks very much, Cam. We appreciate your time. Cam Rogers, the 2019 PGA Championship won, of course, by Brooks Kepka. We'll be back with Hour 2 with the family.